Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Ephesians chapter 2. The book of Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll start reading at verse 11. And then we're going to read Isaiah 56, 7 and 8. Praise the Lord. to use the, the, the lapel mic, uh, throws me off a bit, uh, but I'm going to be uh, using my hands today um, to try to give a little bit of a, a demonstration, and so I need to have my hands free. I would rather have the mic, um, just... Just makes me feel comfortable. Sounds like somebody else is preaching in the house. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Do you have Ephesians chapter 2? Wherefore, can we try to find out where that's at? Praise the Lord. Wherefore, remember, we say remember, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time, Ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Somebody say aliens. And strangers from the covenants of promise. So we were aliens and strangers. (laughs) Praise the Lord. When I think of aliens, I think of from space. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about not of that country. Right? And strangers, meaning you are they're unfamiliar. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now, somebody say, but now. In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh. By the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one. Let me say one. And hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, For to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were far off, and to them that were nigh. Notice that those that were close and those that were a long ways off heard the same gospel. 
Somebody say amen. Go ahead. For through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Amen. Now we're going to read. I know that's a lot of scripture. I want you to focus on the passage of scripture where he says that he has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Amen. How many know we need some broken down walls? There's some walls that need to come down. Come on, somebody. There's some things that separate people from God that need to be, that need to come down and be destroyed. Somebody say amen. Isaiah 56, 7 through 8. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house, somebody say his house, shall be called a house of prayer for, for who? For all people. His house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Somebody say all people. The Lord God which gathereth the outcasts of Israel saith, Yet will I gather others to him. Beside those that are gathered unto him. What's he saying? There's going to be others that I'm going to add that are not there already. Amen. There's going to be more people gathered together than those that have already been gathered together. Amen. What's he telling his children? My house... So I'm going to preach to you this morning. His house, a house for all people. Amen. His house is a house for all people. Amen. Why don't we just lay our Bibles down? I'm going to go back to the mic and just lift our hands unto the Lord today and pray. God, we're thankful, Lord, for your presence. God, that we feel in this house, we're thankful for your word, God, that's anointed, God. I pray, Lord, that you would help us today, Lord, that you would help us to speak your word, that you would help us to hear your word today. Anoint me, God, today as I speak your word. I pray that everything that's said and done will be under the direction of the Holy Ghost. And I pray that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. Have your way in this house today, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Clap your hands one more time. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. In the world today, in the, th- the time that we are living in, excuse me, Mm. That's good. Too much coffee this morning. In the, in the time that we are living in, the day and the hour uh, that we are living in today, uh, there are a lot of things that are trying to divide us. Amen. And when I say us, I'm speaking of people. Amen. I'm not just speaking of the church. I'm speaking of people. Amen. Is there anybody here that's not human? Good. All right, I'm in the right place. Amen. How many know that we all fall under one category? We are the human race. Amen. We are male and female. Amen. When God made man 
in the Garden of Eden, read it in your Bible. You need to read your Bible between services. Start in the book of Genesis and, and just begin to read your Bible. When he made man in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that he formed him from the dust of the earth. Amen. When God, when God created the heavens of the earth and the lights that are in and the solar systems and all that's therein, he spoke it into existence. Amen. How many know he said, let there be light and there was light. Amen. He told the, the earth to bring forth and the earth began to produce. He told the waters to bring forth and the waters began to produce all that are therein. But when he began to form Man, How many know that he rolled up his sleeves and he put his hands on him? Come on. He formed him from the dust of the earth. And the Bible says that he formed man in his own image and after his own likeness. I want to tell you today that if you got breath in your lungs and you're living and breathing and walking on this earth, that you were created in the image of God and nobody can take that from you. You. Nobody can take that away from you. You are one of his creation. Amen. Male and female created he them. He said he caused a deep sleep to fall over Adam. And he took one of his ribs and he began to form the woman out of the man. Come on, somebody. Uh, that's not my word. That's the word of the living God. How many know that what came forth was Eve? Amen. And he took the man and the woman and he, he bound them together. And he said, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You are no longer twain, but you are one. Come on. You are one flesh. I believe in the institution of marriage between a man and a woman. Because the institution of marriage between a man and a woman is instituted by God Almighty, the Creator. We can be bound together in marriage and be as one flesh. Somebody say amen. Amen. When he created man, he placed him in the Garden of Eden to keep it and to make it. Come on. To, to he, how many know by placing Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it made the garden better? Amen. Because the world, the Bible says that all things were made by him and for him. And without him was not anything made that was made. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Come on. So when God formed Adam from the dust of the earth, how many know God declares the ending from the beginning? He doesn't start at the beginning and work his way to the ending, but he's already at the end and he's working from the ending from the back to the beginning beginning to bring all things unto himself. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that when he formed a man, I believe that he was looking down through the pages of time at the ending and he was picturing Jesus Christ, the man Christ Jesus, who would reconcile all things unto himself. No doubt we were made in the image and the likeness of God. Don't you dare let somebody tell you that you're wrong because of what you are or how you've been made. If God made you, he made you exactly the way that he wanted you to be. Amen. All people, somebody say all people, were made by him. As humans, we have bias. Does anybody here not have bias? Amen. We try not to. We try not to have bias. We, we try not to be partial. But in and of ourselves, we are. Because we have a, a sinful nature. Amen. We were born in sin, shaping in iniquity. Come on. How many know that within ourselves, we're biased? Some people just need to admit it. We think if somebody's not like us, yeah, they're different. If they're not like us, then they're lower than us. Or maybe sometimes our bias is we fear that they're better than us. 
And so we hate them that much the more. Amen. In our society today, we are separated by a lot of different faculties in our society. Amen. How many know that we're separated by race? We're separated by race. Amen. One race thinks they're better than the next race. Amen. One race competing against another race. Uh, uh, one race putting down another race. Amen. How many know that any type of racism is not of God? I don't care who it's in. Amen. And I bind a spirit of racism. Amen. God is not racist. Amen. And if you can't be around people from deaf, different ethnicities, I want to tell you, if you have a hard time receiving people from different ethnicities and backgrounds and cultures, I want to tell you, you're probably not ready for heaven. Because my Bible tells me from every kindred and from every nation and from every people will he gather them together by the blood of the cross. I want to tell you... There's going to be people from all over the world in heaven. Somebody say amen. The lapel. All right. We got to draw some lines here, Brother Smith. You and Charlie can't sit next to each other anymore. Be careful, Charlie. White people are crazy. They are. I am one. I could say that. Amen. Be careful. There's, uh, you guys can't sit next to each other in church. In fact, we're going to start services where it's just white people, church, and and... And uh, what ethnicity are we? Hispanic. We're going to have a Hispanic service and a white service, and we're not going to allow anybody else to come. Come on, somebody. I don't believe in white churches and black churches and Hispanic churches. Come on, somebody. I don't believe that we should be separated. Amen. But we have put separation between ourselves. And since they are different and they come from different places and they have different backgrounds, we put a barrier between us and say we can't be together or worship together because we're different. Amen. There's also a separation between... Come here, Luke. <laughs> He's my bud. Take that back there and tie it, tie it on the on the chair. All right, y'all. Boy, it's quiet in here. Tie it tighter, pull it tight. Oh, easy there, muscles. This side's Republican. I'm sorry. This side's Democrat. <laughs> I switched sides. <laughs> now, hold on a minute. Now, I'm not, I'm not calling you that. I'm just trying to make a point, okay? If you're a Democrat over here, just sit over here for a little bit. If you're... Republican over here, just, you know. We can't be together or sit together because we have different political views. Come on, somebody. Amen. In fact, um, hey, take that back. Take it between you. Keep, keep going. Okay, right there. Good.
There's a difference because between men and women also. Don't try to cross that line. Come on. Amen. Don't you try to cross that line. You're a woman and you're a man. You can't worship together because you have different views. You think differently. Come on, somebody. You, you, you see things differently. Come here, Luke. Luke, you're a sinner. Sorry, man. Why don't you sit over here in the corner? You just stay there because there's a certain place for your type. And we just need to keep you in your place. And so you just stay right there because of the things that you've done and the places you've been. You're not allowed to be a part of the rest of the congregation. So you, so you just stay there, okay? All right, don't try to cross that line and become part of the church because that the things you've done, you can't get beyond what you've done. You can't get beyond where you've been. You can't overcome uh, the, the, your past and the things you've said and the things that you've done. You just stay right there, okay? All right, you can come to church, but we got a certain section for you. Okay, we got a we got a certain place for you to be. Okay, you just you just stay right there. Come here, Skylar. This is the this is the the red carpet section. Man, this is the this is where the elite sit right here. This is uh, man, this is where the educated sit. All right, this is where the people that make a lot of money sit. This is where the people that drive nice cars sit. Amen. They're because because they sit on the platform because they're higher than everybody else and better than everybody else. And so this is the red this is the red carpet section. I wish I had a piece of red carpet I could just lay out there so she could walk on that red carpet and and just be above everybody else. Amen. Not only that, but she would have to be wearing a crown because she's a king and she's in charge because she makes more money than everybody else. Come on. And so we got a certain section that we set apart for people that are better than everybody else. Come on somebody. C come here, Ashlyn. You're the you're the poor section, so you got to sit on the floor down here, right there. I'm sorry, baby, you're wearing a skirt. And so, let's uh, let's try to get you separated here because because your low income makes the church look bad. Your low income has put you in a place all by yourself. Oop. Almost had an injured section. <laughs> hey man, you're, I'm sorry that you're not as good as everybody else. And maybe you didn't have, I'm sorry you didn't have the opportunity to have education. Maybe like somebody else did. Uh, but because of your status in society, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to sit there by the altar because that's the only place suitable for you, okay? And so you just, you just stay there. And don't dare try to cross that line because you're going to cause ripples in the body. Come on. You're, you're, you're going to cause people to get uncomfortable if you start getting comfortable and worshiping in this church. Amen. Uh, uh, not, only, not, not only do we have, we have socioeconomic uh, walls and we have uh, we have sin walls and and we have education walls and we have race walls but we have religious walls come on somebody we have a lot of religious walls that that men have built and tried to separate people come on we have a lot of religious walls that because you're a certain religion that 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 you can't do this or you can't do that or you can't be with this people or that people how many know that religion is from man
Come on. How many know God is not into religion but relationship? Amen. And so if I have a certain uh, belief system and, and so I'm separated by, by walls of, uh, of, of status and walls of religion and walls of uh, uh, finances and socioeconomic and social standing, I, I'm trying to leap over walls of sin. I'm trying to leap over walls of genealogy. Come on. And the family I was born into. But how many knows that it's not about your family? It's not about what your status is. It's not about what race that you are. It's not about how much money you make or how little you make or what sins you've committed. I want to tell you today, whatever wall that's separating you from God, Jesus came to tear down. Jesus came to tear it down. Every wall of separation, he's coming to tear down in our city, in our lives, and in our families. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, he's worthy. Hey, Amen. You just stay there. I saw you trying to get up and clap. Hey, Amen. You don't, you don't deserve to worship the Lord with us. You've done too much. Hey, Amen. Let's just put a couple more of these around. Brother Corey. I'm going to rope off this whole section because y'all are out of line. <laughs> Brother Bob said, wow, I'm sorry, Pastor. <laughs> Amen. There was a certain time that Jesus told his disciples. He said, I must need go through Samaria. What was he saying to them? I, I have to go through Samaria. There's, there's purpose there. So they went on a long journey to Samaria. Right at the Valley of Shechem. The opening of the Valley of Shechem. If you don't know what the Valley of Shechem is, it's the Valley of Decision. Amen. Amen. It's between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. The Valley of Shechem is where Jacob's well was at. How many know Jacob was a patriarch? Amen. Jacob was a, uh, when, when they talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and he's one of the top three. Amen. He's, he's a patriarch of, of Israel and of bringing about the Messiah. Amen. How many know that the, this book is about Jesus from cover to cover? Amen. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. You look, read that Old Testament and you read, how many like the genealogies? We don't have anything in common. I don't like the genealogies. Somebody say, boring. Somebody begat somebody and somebody begat somebody and somebody begat, a lot of begatting going on. What's the purpose of all that? It's tracing the bloodline of Jesus Christ from Genesis all the way to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can track his bloodline. He's the only human being on the planet that you can track his bloodline all the way back to creation. What's the point of that? What is the point of that? So that so that we know that Jesus Christ was a man, right? He, what bloodline he came through. There's no doubt about it. He came through the bloodline of the tribe of Judah. Amen. But Jesus going to Samaria. I got to get back. He's going to Samaria. He comes to Samaria and he sits on a well. Jacob's well. Jacob's well is very significant in Israel. It was a well that Jacob dug in the valley of Shechem. Amen. It was a, it was a well that, that uh, Israel, the, the children of Israel used for generations and generations and generations. And I believe it has spiritual implications too, but I'm not going to get into that today. The fact of the matter, is that bothering you? Okay. I was going to leave it anyway. <laughs> oh. Amen. 
Don't, don't get mouthy with the preacher. I'll have to put you in the orange tape section. <laughs> oh, I'm getting off track. The valley of Shechem was significant because it was the valley of decision. And in the valley of decision, there was a well there. Don't mess with my tape. The, the well was significant because it, it, it had gone all the way back to the patriarchs of Israel. Amen. And when Jesus went to the valley of Shechem, he had something in mind. There was a woman that was about to come to the valley of Shechem that he had an appointment with. Amen. He saw it in the spirit. There was something that he had to get across to the people in that valley. Come on. Uh, he, he sat on the well and he was thirsty. And here comes a woman. All right. She comes to the well and Jesus is there. And he says, why don't you give me something to drink? I'm thirsty. And she says, why are you a Jew? Asking me for a drink. Immediately, she, she recognized the barrier. Amen. Amen. The moment that they had an interaction, all of a sudden there's a barrier. You're a Jew and I'm not. Right? Because Samaritans were looked down upon because they intermingled with other, other, other cultures and races of people uh, from different nations. And so they, were, they weren't considered full-bred Jews. And the Samaritans uh, were looked down upon for that. And so the Jews never had dealings with the Samaritans. Amen. But Jesus had a purpose for going to the well. The whole purpose for him to go there was to tear down the barriers. Amen. The first thing that popped up in conversation was the barrier. Come on. It was the wall. It was the caution tape. All of a sudden, it's caution. Hold on a minute. You're a Jew and I'm not. Why are you asking me for something to drink? Amen. Jesus said, well, if you knew who was talking to you, you would have asked him to drink. And he would have given you living water. Right? Water springing up. A well of water springing up. Fountain of water springing up unto everlasting life. Amen. She says, where's this water at that, that you talk of? And he says, uh, go get your husband and I'll tell you about it. All right. Now to most of us, you're like, that's no big deal, right? Go get your husband, uh, and, and we'll tell you together. And she said, I don't have a husband. All right, remember, this is the Lord. Amen. Amen. This is the one who declares the ending from the beginning. Amen. He knows who he's talking to. Yeah. Amen. He knows her past, her present. He, he knows where she's been. He knows his purpose for her life, right? He says, no, you're right in saying that you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And the one that you have right now, that's not your husband. Ouch. Uh-oh, we got more tape. Amen, we got more caution tape that come up in the relationship here. Because of where she'd been in her past. He didn't say that for his benefit. He said that for her benefit. Amen. He didn't, he didn't say that to, to persecute her or to condemn her or even to judge her. He said that because he wanted her to know that he knew who she was, where she'd been and what she'd been through. And he still came to visit her that day. Come on, he wanted her to know that you don't have to hide from me even though you've had sin and you've had a hard time and you've got a marked past. You don't have to hide from Jesus because he already knows about it and he's not going to condemn you for it. In fact, he's going to bring healing to your life. Somebody clap your hands and love him today. Amen. 
And even though you have done some wrong, and even though that you've crossed the line in some areas of your life, and, and you've treated your body wrong, and you've, you, you've brought destruction to your world and to your family by the decisions that you've made, Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. I got to go because there's a woman that is in need of my help and in need of salvation. And so Jesus, in his love for this woman, crossed the line so that he could bring her to salvation. And he's saying to her, I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know you've done wrong, but that's okay because I'm the giver of life. I'm the giver of salvation. I'm here to forgive your sins and bring healing to your life. Amen. Take a seat in the congregation. Amen. If you're here today and you've committed sin and you can't get over it, you know you've done wrong. You've, you've condemned yourself for too long. You have condemned yourself uh, every day of your life since it happened. You put yourself down and you thought you'll never be able to overcome where you come from. But I came this morning to preach against that spirit that Jesus is not a condemning God. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life for he came not into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he's not mad at you he's not mad at you amen he's not mad at you bump your neighbor and tell him he's not mad at you Amen. Whenever we picture God, we picture him sitting up on the throne with his, 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 uh, uh, his judge's robe on and with the gavel just passing judgment upon people. But that's not the God that I serve. The God that I serve saw the sin that was in our life, saw the punishment that was going to come to us. And instead of putting it on us, he put it on himself so that we could go free. That's the God that we serve. Amen. Stand to your feet and clap your hands to the Lord for he's worthy. Amen. I deserve the punishment. I deserve the death. I deserve the stripes on my back. But Jesus pushed me out of the way and took my punishment on himself. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. He's worthy of our praise. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. When Jesus brought up her past, he wasn't condemning her. Amen. You know, sometimes things have to surface in order to be healed from them so that you can move past them. She was hiding from where she'd been. She was trying to hide from the Lord, that she even had a husband. Amen. Isn't it funny how when we talk about somebody else, we tell every detail of their situation. But when we talk about ourselves, we leave the bad stuff out. And when we do tell the bad stuff, it's always somebody else's fault. Because I only did that because... They did this. Amen. But the Lord's purpose in bringing it up was to heal her from it. And sometimes we don't want to be confronted with where we've been and what we've done. But in order to be saved and forgiven for it, we have to acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge that I did wrong. Or I am that person. Amen. Before we can move forward from it. I'll get to that in a minute. There was another barrier that the Lord crossed that day. It was between male and female. Because it was unlawful for a man to have a conversation with a woman. Women were looked down upon in this culture. Not looked down, but disregarded. Come on. They were, they were less. Considered to be less. They, 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 they didn't have a say. Amen. For her to even be talking to the rabbi would have been violation of the law. Would have been violation of 
that standard for that day. But how many know Jesus crossed the line because he loves women just as much as he loves men? Somebody say amen. How many know women can be as powerful in the Lord as men can be? Come on, they can be used in the Spirit of God. They can be used in the gifts of the Spirit. They can be used to proclaim the gospel. He, he crossed the line of male and female. He crossed the line of uh, dealing with a sinner. He crossed the line of dealing with a Samaritan woman, which is somebody from a different nation. Amen. He crossed the line also of religion. Amen. After he told her where she had been and what she had done, she said, well, you guys worship in Jerusalem. You worship in Jerusalem, in the temple of Jerusalem. But we worship here in this mountain. She was talking about Mount Gerizim. The Samaritan people had built a temple on Mount Gerizim. Amen. Mount Gerizim was the mountain of promise. When, when Joshua took the children of Israel to the valley of Shechem, and he said, on this side's Mount Ebal. Uh, Mount, Mount Ebal's barren. Mount Ebal is, uh, has no life. Mount Ebal is, is nothing. And he read all the curses. And he said, if you live your life and you do against the word of God, your life's going to be like Mount Ebal. But Mount Gerizim was the Mount of Blessing. It was flourishing with life. It had everything that you needed. But if you live your life according, and he read all the blessings of the word of God, that if you, if you walk in obedience to God's word, your life's going to be like Mount Gerizim. Well, the Samaritan people built a temple on Mount Gerizim to worship God. Amen. And how many know the Jews worshiped in Jerusalem? Amen. And Jesus spoke up and he said, hold on a minute. You worship, you know not what, but we worship the God of heaven in Jerusalem. But there's coming a time and the time now is that they that worship God, they won't worship in, in Jerusalem and they won't worship in Samaria, in Samaria on Mount Gerizim, but they that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. I want to tell you today, it don't matter what background you have, you need truth. Amen. He tore down the wall. He tore down the wall of religion that separates people. Amen. Religion will try to turn you in to a proselyte of that religion. They will try to turn you in to something that they are within themselves. They will try to make you like them. But I come to tell you today, I'm not trying to make you like me. I'm trying to create an atmosphere so that Jesus can make you like him. Amen. And when we preach truth and we let the Spirit of God have its way, He will touch every life. He will sanctify every person. He will break down every wall and bring us all close to Him in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord for He's worthy. <laughs> Jesus tore down the walls of petition that are between us. Mm. Everything that separates us from God, he tore it down. Somebody say amen. amen. I could go through many, many stories where the process of God bringing his church together took place. But I'll tell one more story, maybe two. Is that all right? In the book of Acts... First of all, before I move forward, when Jesus went to the woman at the well, it was more than just for that woman. When Jesus reaches for somebody, it's for more than just them. It's everybody that's connected to them. Amen. For when she went back to the city and told all the people the things that Jesus had told her, they all wanted to see the man that told her her whole life. And as his disciples are coming back from getting a bite to eat and bringing him some food, they see the woman and they're like, Lord, what are you talking to her for? Because they had that bias too. You know what Jesus said to him? He said, 
as this woman's coming back and bringing all the people from the city, he said, lift your eyes up on the field. For the fields are white. All ready to harvest. The har- it might not look like you want it to look. It might not be the people that you necessarily want it to be or think it should be. Amen. But when people want truth, they'll come to it. Come on. When people want to be saved, they'll run to it. When people need deliverance, they'll run to it. Amen. Lift your eyes. He was telling his disciples, they're not Jews, but salvation is not just for the Jews. It's for all people. And you got to change a paradigm in your mind to realize everybody that God wants to save is not like you. <coughs> Somebody say amen. Everybody that God wants to save is not like me. That's right. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. They're not like you even, maybe. How many know we got to accept whoever God is calling? Amen. Peter. How many, how many know Apostle Peter? Peter was a, a man uh, highly used of the Lord. Uh, Peter was... Uh, He's the one that cut off the dude's ear in the garden when the, when, the, when the guards tried to take Jesus to crucify him. Amen. Peter, he's the first one to go fight, right? Peter's also the one that speaks up and puts his foot in his mouth. Jesus is telling him how he's going to be crucified. And he's like, not so, Lord. No, that's not going to happen to you. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Right? That's the same Peter. But it was Peter who denied Jesus. Amen. Wept bitterly, the Bible says. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he told him, go tell my disciples and Peter <laughs> that I'm rose from the dead, that I'm risen. Amen. He included Peter because he knew how Peter felt about himself. Amen. Peter was the one that on the day of Pentecost, after they all received the, the, the Holy Ghost, stood up with the eleven and preached the first gospel message. Amen. And 3,000 souls were added to the church in one day. That's a powerful preacher. Amen. Peter, it was Peter and John that went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. Come on, in, in, in Acts chapter 3. Read your Bible. It's awesome. Amen. In Acts chapter 3, they went up to pray, and there was a lame man laid at the gate called Beautiful. Amen. And, and Peter, walking up, the man asked an alms of him, and he fastened his eyes upon him. And he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He got him by the hand and lifted him up. And the Bible says immediately his ankle bones, his feet, and his ankle bones received strength. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. Clap your hands. That's a miracle. Amen. Well, in Acts chapter 10, well, first of all, in Acts chapter 9, 8 or 9, Philip goes to Samaria and preaches a revival. And the Bible said the whole city believed. Amen. Well, they called for Peter and John to come down that they might lay hands on them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. So when they get there, it says only they were baptized in the name of the Lord. When they get there, they lay hands on them that they could receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. And Peter makes a statement. It happened on them the same way it happened on us at the beginning. Drawing a parallel that the salvation that the Samaritans were receiving was the same salvation and experience that, that the apostles and the disciples experienced in Acts chapter 2. I know I'm, I'm talking a lot. Amen. But in Acts chapter 10, Peter goes up. They're getting ready to have dinner. He goes up on the roof to pray. Amen. How many know we need to pray? He, he begins to pray and to seek the Lord. And the Bible says that he fell into a trance. There was a, a, a curtain that was let down. I picture it as with four corners, like a, like a screen before his eyes. And there was all manner of unclean beasts. Okay? Now, the Jews were not allowed to eat unclean animals. 
pigs and such with a split hooves, you know, uh, or they had to have a split hoof. Uh, different things that the law required that the Jews were not allowed to eat of. Well, Peter was sitting there, and he saw all these unclean animals, and the Lord said, kill, rise, kill and eat. And Peter's like, no, no, hold on a minute. Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything unclean. I've never once ate of something that your word forbidden me not to. The Lord said again, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter's like, not so, Lord. Uh, I have never eaten anything unclean. Did it again three times. Rise, kill and eat. And then the Lord spoke to him. And he said, what I have cleansed, you don't be calling common or unclean. It's gone, disappears. Peter's like, what in the world is he talking about? Does he want me to eat pigs? Think about his, his, his thought process. What is it that he's trying to get across to me? And so all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. The Lord says to Peter, three men seek thee. Amen. They're, gonna, they're, they're coming uh, to... To, to ask about you and they need you, you need to go with them. Don't ask any questions, just go with them. In the meantime, while all this is happening with Peter, there's a man that's in uh, uh, Cornelius, is his name. The Bible says he was from the Italian band. Uh, he was not from Jewish descent. He was... Uh, he was a proselyte of the Jews, which means he was trying to follow after their God, but he didn't know their God, right? But the Bible said about Cornelius that he was a devout man, and he, he prayed to the Lord every day, and he gave alms to the poor, and that his prayers came up as a memorial before God. Amen. He wasn't a Jew. He, he, didn't, he, he, didn't, he didn't know anything about Jesus. All he knew, he was trying to follow their religion. He was trying to follow the law. He was trying to be good. He was praying to the Lord. He was sincerely seeking God with all of his heart. And the Bible says that his prayers went up before a memorial before God. So don't try to tell me that God don't hear people's prayers. Come on, God, there are people out there right now that are praying that don't know the name of Jesus or the power of the name of Jesus, but they're praying to a God that they don't understand or don't even know. And I believe that he's hearing their prayers, not only hearing their prayers, but making provision for their salvation. Amen. God sent him an angel. An angel appeared before Cornelius. He said, hey, bud, <laughs> your prayers have come up as a memorial before God. You need to send to Joppa of a man by Simon, Barjona, and he's staying with a man named Simon the Tanner, right? He told him exactly where to find him, where he was at. And so as Peter's praying on the porch, as Cornelius is praying in his home, God's connecting the two. Amen. Understanding that Peter had something he had to get over. Peter had some bias or some walls that needed to come down. Amen. The three men show up at Simon the Tanner's house and Simon's there. Simon Peter's there. And he says, uh, he said, come on, spend the night. I'll go with you in the morning. The Bible says that at, they spent the night. The next day they go to Cornelius' house. And Cornelius has called his whole family together. Amen. They all come in and they're sitting in the house waiting for Peter. Peter still has no clue. 
right? He don't know about the angel probably. He don't know about everything that's transpired. All he knows is the, the Lord had given him a sign before these men showed up that he needed to kill and eat, right? That there's unclean things that, that are cleansed that he needs to accept. And when he steps into their home, he perceives what the Lord's trying to do. He says, I want you to know that it's unlawful for me to be here in your house. According to the Jewish law, they were not to go into the house of a Gentile. There's two types of people, Jews and everybody else. And they called them Gentiles, right? How many know the Jews are the ones that Jesus came through the lineage of them? But he didn't come through the Jews just to save the Jews. There had to be a bloodline. There had to be a people. Come on, there had to be a group of people that he brought his, his son through. But he came to save the whole world. And so when Peter steps into Cornelius' home, all these people were sitting there. He says... It's unlawful for me to be here, but I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. He don't love you because of who you are. He loves you because of who He is. Amen. And there's not one group of people better than another group of people. Whether they have money or don't have money. Whether they're white, black, red, yellow, uh, Asian, African, uh, English, Irish, whatever it may be from all over the world. Everybody carries the same weight with God. God is no respecter of persons. And he begins to deliver the gospel message. And the Bible said, while he yet spake, that the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. The same experience that was set aside for the apostles, was set aside for Cornelius' house, for Samaria. And he said, to the uttermost parts of the world, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Stand with me all around the building. I want to tell you, you can come to the music. There's, there's no restricted areas in the kingdom. How many believe that? There's no caution tape in the kingdom of God. But Jesus Christ tearing down the middle wall of partition. Anything that separated you from an opportunity to be touched by God he tore it down when he went to the cross. Any excuse this morning that you might have to refute that God loves you was nailed to the cross. Every opportunity for division or to divide you from having an opportunity, Jesus nailed to the cross. Every nation, every people, every tongue, every kindred, come on, every ethnicity, every group of people that are divided in our society, regardless of what it may be, every language of people, every family, come on. It's not just the Christmas. That word kindred means 
tribes. It's not just the, the Vandergrift tribe or the Smith tribe or the Chrisman tribe or the Anderson tribe. Somebody say all people. John chapter 8. There was a woman that was brought in. Jesus is teaching in the temple. The Pharisees bring this woman in and cast her on the ground at his feet. She was taken in adultery. She was caught in the very act of adultery. They were eyewitnesses of it. According to the law of Moses, she was to be stoned. She was to lose her life for what she had done. They, they throw her before Jesus' feet and say, Rabbi, according to Moses' law, she's to be stoned. Jesus hears it, kneels down on the ground, and begins to write in the dirt on the floor in the temple. Some people say, that the dirt was so thick in the temple that he was trying to make a point. You expect her to live clean and look at this. Making a statement without saying a word. He's kneeling down before them and he makes a statement. He said, he that has no sin, let him cast the first stone. So no doubt, immediately they start taking inventory. Well, look what I did last Tuesday. Look what I did last night. And the Bible says, from the least, from the greatest to the least, they begin to drop their stones. They got a revelation of the power forgiveness that it's not just for the adulterous woman that's caught in the act but how many know we all have sin we all have sin and come short of the glory of God they all walk away and leave and the woman's still laying there in front of Jesus weeping on the temple floor and he says woman he says uh is there anybody here that condemns you? He's standing in front of them. This is the king of kings. Is there anybody here that condemns you? She's like, no. No, they're not here. He said, neither do I condemn them. Come on. Go and sin no there's so much in that that we could unpack but understand first he had to get the people of God to understand I'm a forgiving God and if you're holding stones you're not on his side before he could give the woman what she came looking for they had to drop their stones come on there's a revelation here I don't have a right to condemn anybody. Not one person. I don't have the right to condemn. I don't care if they're caught in the very act. I have no right to condemn them. Somebody say amen. And if I could get the stones out of my hands, that would free Jesus to bring deliverance to a hurting soul. Because God's not condemning anybody. Come on, people. God loves you. You may have been caught in the very act. There's so much evidence against you that there's no doubt that it's true. But you know what God cares about? Not about the evidence that convicts you. 
Are you willing to look to him for salvation? Are you willing to allow him to heal you from your past, from the circumstances, from the situation? Every excuse that we could have to stay away and to let come between God has been torn down in Jesus Christ. How many know he's got a plan for your life? He's got a purpose for your life. Right now, in the name of Jesus, lift your hands. Lord God, we come before you with humble hearts today. God, I pray that you would touch every person in this house. I pray, God, that you would tear down every wall of separation, every wall of partition, Lord, that separates us from our calling, from our future, from that anointing that you have set aside for us. I pray that you would tear down every wall in every family, God, every wall of sin, every wall of division, God, every wall, Lord, of socioeconomic status, every wall of racial tension, Lord. I pray, God, that you would tear it down in the name of Jesus. Bring your will to pass. Begin to draw, Lord, from the four winds, from the north, the east, the west, the south, God, all people that you have purposed to be a part of your kingdom and the revival that you have in this last day, Lord. Loose it in the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.